No coronavirus, Lord, no enemy. God, no attack. Nothing can separate us from your love, Father. Nothing can separate your people, Lord, for your spirit is everywhere. And, oh, God, as we sing and as we worship, may the presence of the Lord invade and fill this neighborhood, God, surrounding 1233 Shields Road. God, may the praises of the Lord change the atmosphere, oh, God, in this community and neighborhood, God. We just praise your name, Lord. We thank you, Father. We lift up the name of Yeshua, Jesus, oh, God. We lift up your name. Come on with your hand claps, with your shouts, with your horn honks. Praise Him. We love you, Lord. We bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we lift up the several that are on our prayer and our hospital list. Just the hand of God touch them and comfort them and be with them. And this morning we have James Hall and his daughter Jamie and husband Scott and son Judah. And then uh, James Jr. is uh, James' senior son and his wife Kim. That we just uh, said goodbye. Our goodbyes are our really not goodbyes but our see you laters to Georgiana Hall just Friday and uh, they're here on the parking lot today you guys is that you in the SUV with your hands up top flash your lights that's them back there and we just uh, bless you with peace and grace and comfort today and uh, just keep them in prayer and uh, God's blessings and peace be upon them wow I, I, I want to tell you that I am so proud of you those that have even those of you that are listening on live live stream or calling in this morning i am so proud of this congregation that we have held together stayed together looking out for one another we're we're family amen we're family we had pastor greg and them create and make up this banner for us to just help us to picture that and visualize it if you don't already know it we're family because of the lord jesus christ and our wonderful heavenly father so i'm just so proud of you and i want to let you know that and and those of you that are serving us, the musicians, the worshipers, the set-up people, and those of you on the parking lot, come on, let's, let's get a shout-out today. We thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I want to give an opportunity. If you did not earlier and you need a giving envelope, if you turn your emergency flashers on at this time and leave them on, our ushers are going to come serve you. And uh, if you'll do that, they're stationed right up front, but they'll come find you real quick. So turn on your flashers and uh, leave them on until they get, do serve you. And then as we know, those of you that have been here while through it, what, what week is this? Is week, this week four or five? Oh, seven or eight. Are you sure it just doesn't feel like that to you? Or is that, We've been out here seven weeks. Well, I know two months. So. Well, oh, he's going to miss our bean counter is going to give us an official count. Okay. Thank God for Pastor Rush, who helps us all stay straight. Amen. Amen. Week seven. So, uh, as I've said, just try to make this quick. Uh, we, we don't want to prolong this unnecessarily, but we really want it to get to where we can all come back. Amen. So, we're, we're kind of holding off on that, so I can't really give you a date yet. We're trying to listen to the Lord and then listen to what our, our government officials tell us and the best route to go to keep you safe. We don't want anybody to be sick or anything like that, but thank God that we're not. Listen, they just, uh, as you know, they changed the ruling that even Richmond and that county next to it, even the quarantine is uh, quarantined them until the end of May. So thank God we're not in the northern part of Virginia 
as JR said, for multiple reasons, but <laughs> but for that one alone that we can at least come out and, and fellowship. And do remember our times of prayer. We are still open and we can do 50%, so we're not limited in our times of prayer in the building on Tuesday morning, Friday morning, and Saturday night. And so we're having wonderful prayer times, praying for our nation, praying for you, and uh, praying for your request. So. If you are a first-time guest, I want to talk to you later, and you're on the lot. We've already given, Bill, I already gave one packet out to somebody I met earlier, so uh, we have a special gift for you if you're a first-time guest. We'll say more about that in a little bit. I want to get into our, our message this morning in uh, Matthew chapter 5. Hallelujah. I don't know if you can hear that. I can hear him praising. But in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, when we talk about the Beatitudes, and our main topic is pursuing God's blessings through the Beatitudes. Everybody want God's blessings? I know you do. I know you do. And so the Beatitudes that Jesus spoke to us, how to position ourselves that we can receive God's blessings. And first off in, in Matthew 5, just as a reminder, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You have to realize you're poor in spirit. You don't have what it takes in yourself, so you need God. And then he said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn over their sins and their realization that, that they need God's forgiveness. And so they mourn over that, not permanently, not forever in a day, but to repent of it and then turn to God, and then you will be comforted by the wonderful love of God. And then thirdly, he said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Those that are meek, those are the ones that realize they need to bring all of their strengths and all of them to the foot of the cross, yield it to the Lord, turn the control of their life and everything else over to the Lord, and let God have his way in our life. And then last week we talked about blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, one translation said, or filled. And so the, those of us that have that hunger and and we talked about how to create that hunger through the word of God, through prayer, through worship, what you're doing today. And when you do that, and you may not find fulfillment at first, but as you continue to press into the Lord, you will be satisfied. And we said Jesus is the only one that can satisfy. Amen. So today we go to verse 7 where it says, Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain or receive mercy. So blessed are the merciful. Most people want to be able to forgive, but many people don't know how to get there to forgive. We have these feelings. We have these offenses. Uh, the sense of justice on us has been violated, and uh, we're created in God's image, so God is a just and a righteous God. That's all through Scripture. That's His character. He puts that in us as His created being, so, and that's where our laws from this country are made from, is God's Word, the Bible, that sense of justice and righteousness. So that is an innate quality that's in us, that when we're offended, wounded, taken advantage of, ripped off, as the world would call it, we want a sense of justice. And that's what makes it hard many times for us to experience mercy and forgiveness. But these virtues of mercy and forgiveness Jesus speaks about here in Matthew 5, 7, they belong together. They're like twins. They go together. Mercy is broader than forgiveness. Now, I'm going to make this statement, and you're going to have to chew on it. Mercy is broader than forgiveness, but forgiveness will take you and goes further than mercy. Now, I hope to explain that to you. That's a statement, and I want you to meditate on that, and here's the explanation. When we look in Luke chapter 10, 
we see the story of the Good Samaritan. You know that story where a man was on his way to Samarita, Samaria and uh, thieves took him, beat him up, robbed him, left him for dead on the road. And we know that a religious person, they came by and they even crossed the other side of the road. I don't have time for this. I don't want to get involved in this. But it says the Samaritan came, saw him, went to him, bandaged him up, poured in the oil and the wine, which was medicinal purposes, put him on his own donkey or colt, means a travel, and took him to an inn and paid for his stay there and told the owner, if, if he runs the tab up even beyond what I've given you, I'll be back through here and I'll settle it up with you. Wow. What a, what a, that wasn't, he didn't even know the guy. So we see that story of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10. And what the Good Samaritan was doing, he was showing mercy and to this man lying on the ground road left for dead by the robbers. The Samaritan didn't do an injustice to the man. Neither did the man do an injustice to Samaritan. But showing mercy, the Samaritan gave mercy to the wounded man. And so he didn't need forgiveness, but he showed mercy to him by treating his wounds and all of the other. You and I, and what that means for us today, Jesus is saying that to us today here in our time. We will often have opportunities, probably on a daily basis. We will have opportunities and encounters and situations where we can show mercy when even no wrong has been done to us. And there's really nothing to forgive, but we have the opportunity to show mercy. That's why we say mercy is broader than forgiveness. Mercy is broader than forgiveness because to be merciful means that you'll have compassion on people rather than returning harm. You'll do good to them rather than evil is what the Bible tells us to do. In Romans 12, 21, mercy does not repay evil for evil, but overcomes evil with good. Now, here's where forgiveness goes further than mercy. Forgiveness not only involves mercy, forgiveness involves the restoration of a relationship. So you can see that's how it goes further. Mercy is just being kind to a person, not harming a person, doing good when you have the opportunity to give, even when no need of forgiveness is involved. Forgiveness goes further because it involves restoring a relationship. And I don't doubt that every one of us listening live stream or on the call-ins or here in the parking lot or those that will hear this at a future archive date, no doubt every one of us has experienced the need that we have to forgive somebody in order to restore a relationship. Our hearts are heavy. Amen. Our hearts are heavy. We carry it with us sometimes every day. We go to bed with it. It robs us of our sleep, robs us of our peace, even can rob us of our health. And that's why Jesus said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. It's not good because the devil's working on you in the night season. And then again, you'll find you wake up with it again on your mind and it messes up your whole day. Can I get an amen on that? I didn't think I was the only one. <laughs> so forgiveness goes mercy because it restores a relationship. But here's how it works with mercy. If you will pursue to have mercy to do good to a person rather than evil, your pursuing mercy will lead you to forgiveness. It'll lead you to forgiveness. Mercy is like a stepping stone that'll help you to get to where you can forgive. This story in Luke 10 of the Good Samaritan of Jesus' teaching, it says mercy has two parts. Number one in verse 33, it says, when, when the Samaritan saw him, saw the man beat up, left for dead, he had compassion on him. 
So it's a tenderness of heart. Mercy will lead you to, number one, that part, have a tenderness of heart towards people that are in need. You don't have to know them. They don't have to be connected with you. Uh, you're not obligated to take them home necessarily and raise them the rest of your life. But you have a tenderness of heart. But then verse 34 says that that tenderness of heart, for it to truly fulfill itself as mercy, what it will do, it will lead you to action. See, the other people saw the man beat up lying there, and they probably felt sorry for him, and they probably thanked God that's not me, but they didn't do anything. They didn't act in any way to help the man in his situation. They had no mercy. They had, maybe they had compassion, or maybe they were thanking God it wasn't them. But tenderness of heart will lead you to action that arises out of that compassion. And to understand this, we need to look at the character of God because so many people today don't, do not understand the heart and the character of our Heavenly Father God. A lot of people today, and even Christians, they think, well, God's the mean one and Jesus is the nice one. That is not, the, that is not correct. God is merciful. Let me just share with you the characteristic of God. God appeared to Moses at the Mount Sinai, and God revealed to Moses and then to his people, the children of Israel, a fourfold description that's repeated seven times in the Old Testament. Seven is the number of perfection. What God was saying, I want you to make sure you get it right, you understand who I really am toward you. Yes, I judge the Egyptians. Yes, I do judge sin. But here's what he described himself in in Exodus 34, 6. He said, the Lord, the Lord is a God merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. You ought to be amen and God on that one. That and many other characteristics, but those are the main ones that God wanted his people to identify him in. That's God the Father. He's gracious, merciful, slow to anger. I'm glad he's slow to anger. Because I know I, I could have ticked him off a lot of times in the way that I acted. He's abounding in love. That means he just abounds in love. There's no end to it. No end, no limits. Mercy is at the heart of what God reveals about himself. So you've got to know that God is a merciful God. And it means God has a tender heart. I, I, I believe this with all my heart. I didn't, I didn't understand this at first when I was a younger Christian. I thought God was, God was stern, and yes, he's holy. Yes, he's almighty. Yes, he's the creator. Yes, he's the one that will be bowed before, and no one can stand before him. You can't see, the, see God in his fullness, or you die. He'd just consume you. But I have come to know this in a relationship with God. He is tender. He's compassionate. And I believe God is humble. Jesus said, if you've seen me, if you've seen Jesus... You've seen the Father, and we see Jesus' humility, love, graciousness, kindness, and mercy. So Jesus was a human picture of what God the Father is really like. So today, if you're listening today and you feel like God's mad at you all the time, or God's upset at you, or I want you to know God, God is a holy, righteous, but a loving, merciful, faithful, kind, tender-hearted God. He's not like the God of other religions. Let me give you some scripture that identifies him. In Ephesians 2, 4, it says, speaking of God the Father, he's rich in mercy. He's rich. He's loaded in mercy. There's no limits. He's rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loves us, even when dead in our transgressions. Before you were ever a believer, he was rich in mercy towards you. 
Psalm 23, 6, David said, Surely goodness and loving kindness or mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Listen, God's trying to chase you down to love you. Titus 3, 5, He saved us according to His mercy. 1 Timothy 1, 13, Paul's testimony was this, I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And then several, three scriptures in Hebrews says this, Hebrews 2, 17, Jesus as our great high priest had to be made like his brother. And that's us today, folks. He had to be made like us, a human being. And all things, all things, everything you've ever gone through, Jesus went through it. Listen to this. So that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 8, 12. Speaking of Jesus, he said, For I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Praise God. Then Hebrews 4, 16. Because when you understand that God the Father, Jesus the Son, your Savior and Lord that died for you, is your merciful high priest, what that does is that liberates you to have freedom and the desire to come to him. Yes, he's awesome. Yes, he's holy. Yes, he's to be approached with reverence. But the Hebrews also says we can come boldly with confidence to the throne of grace to find help in our time of need. And that's what it says, Hebrews 4, 16. Therefore, let us draw near. Let's get close to God. Let's draw close to God today in this hour with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Anybody out there in a time of need? And I encourage you this morning, if you're watching live stream, please comment us. Don't just like us with a heart or thumbs up. Comment. Tell us how you're doing. Tell us if everything's going well with you. Praise the Lord. Give us a testimony. Amen. Now, let me share with you some basic opportunities for uh, showing mercy in our life, some practical things. Because every day, I believe every day, I believe several times in a day, you and I are going to have opportunities because God wants our life to be a testimony and a witness to many others of his goodness. And he blesses us with his goodness so that we can share his goodness with other people that know him, maybe even our family, neighbors, friends, work associates, but especially with people that don't know. They don't understand God like you understand God. They don't know Jesus like you understand Jesus. And they, they need, you are the living epistles that are read and known by other human beings. You're the Bible. You're the only Bible that some people are going to see. You're the only testimony. You're the only manifestation of Jesus Christ some people are going to see because they don't go to church. They don't listen to the radio. They don't watch uh, YouTube or whatever, the TV. They don't watch all these religious programs. You're the testimony. You're the living epistle read and known by them. So let me share with you some opportunities that you'll have, I'll have for showing mercy. Number one is just like the Samaritan story in Luke 10, when you find someone who has a material need, a need of this world. Sinclair Ferguson said this, Mercy is getting down on your hands and knees and doing something to restore dignity to someone whose life has been broken by sin. Isn't that powerful? Getting down on our hands and knees and doing something to restore dignity to someone who had, whose life's been broken by the power of sin. 
And this is what the example we see in Luke chapter 10. The Samaritan addressed that immediate need that was before him, and he did what he could do to bring relief to the broken man. God will bring people with material needs across your path. Maybe, possibly, most likely, even today, before the sun sets today, and you'll have an opportunity to reflect his, love, his likeness, God's likeness, by showing mercy toward them. Then second opportunity to show mercy is when you encounter a fellow believer, a brother or sister who's struggling in their walk with the Lord. They're going through a rough time, a dark night of the soul, we call it. A, a time when doubts, a time when they've lost a loved one in their family and they're down, they're, they're discouraged, and they're going through a difficult time and life is affecting them. Somebody get the flag. We can't let the flag fall. We've got to appeal to heaven. That's our hope. Amen. Appeal to heaven. In Jude 22, it says this, very simply, Jude 22, have mercy on those who doubt. Now, when you're in a time of doubt, you're in a time of struggle, aren't you? You're in a time that, you know, hey, I'm not so sure about my salvation. I'm not so sure that the Lord's promises are really going to come through for me. Well, they need somebody to come to their side during that time. And that's what mercy is. The greatest need is to be kind, compassionate, of a believing friend. Risk getting involved. Risk giving your time. Our time is more valuable than even our money sometimes. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to offend anybody today, but it's easy to just give them a $5, $10, $50 offering. It's easy to just give them money and just go on our merry way. Time is what really will cost you time and attention. That's what mercy does, to come alongside and strengthen them. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says this, Brethren, means sisters too, if anyone is, meaning a brother or sister, is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, who are strong, restore such a one in the what? Spirit of gentleness. If one of you looks to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. That spirit of gentleness is that meekness and that mercy. And it says in Isaiah 42, 3, Christ is so gentle, he doesn't break a bruised reed. A bruised reed is a, brood that's, a reed that's already bent, that's already going through some kind of uh, uh, suffering or some kind of trauma. Jesus didn't come to break them. Jesus came to heal and restore them. Psalm 18, 35, David said this, it was God's gentleness, which is another word for mercy. It was God's gentleness or mercy that made me great, David said. So your usefulness to the Lord's service will increase the more that you and I become tender towards others and sensitive to the loads that they bear. Third way that you will encounter people that you need to the character of mercy towards them is when someone fails in a way that brings shame or embarrassment to their life. Rather than shun them, rather than label them, rather than distance ourselves from them, we as a child of God should risk our own reputation and run to them. That's what the Good Samaritan did. He risked, it, risked his own reputation. That's what Jesus would do. He always risked his reputation. And he actually had no reputation because he only did what the Father wanted him to do. So, 1 Peter says this, that love will cover a multitude of sins. Now, what a merciful person does, they look for ways to spare the embarrassment of the person who has failed and doesn't seek to expose or exploit them. Now, granted, 
there are some sins and offenses and crimes that should be looked. Yes, that's true. It should be reported. It must be dealt with. I understand that. So there's a balance there. But the hardened heart always makes a big deal over someone else's failure. A hardened heart always points the finger and finds fault or criticizes. But a merciful heart will lead you sometimes to turn a blind eye and a deaf ear and just forgive and give mercy, give love, give grace, and just don't even mention it. Just keep on loving them. Don't bring it up to them. Don't throw it up in their face as we say it. Psalm 103 says this. This is for all of us. God has not dealt with us according to our iniquities. Powerful. Actually, I got it backwards. God has not dealt with us according to our sins. Neither has God rewarded us according to our iniquities. Thank God. Thank the Lord. The fourth way that you can show mercy to a person is how you treat a piece of gossip when it comes to you. We all get, somebody comes to us probably daily telling us about something about someone. How do we know it's true? Oh, this is true. I heard it. I found it on the internet. Yeah, right. Or I heard it. I heard other people talking about it. My source is a reliable source. That may be. But unless you're taking it to prayer and sincerely praying about it, you're participating in gossip. And Satan, who is the father of lies, seeks to destroy every one of us with a rumor. That's the devil's intention and motivation is to destroy every one of us with a rumor. To discredit our reputation, to embarrass us, to bring shame to us, to kill our reputation and hurt our witness and testimony. The trap is to cause us as brothers and sisters in the Lord to think less of one another. Well, I heard this about them, or I heard this about their lifestyle, or about their marriage, or about their kids, or about their job, or what they do, or what they said, or what they put on Facebook, or tweeted. I heard this about them, and wow, should a Christian be doing that? Well, maybe not. But nevertheless, don't be a participant in the gossip. And if, you ha if it offends you, the Bible says, go to them. Talk to them. Be open with and honest with them. And you know, I found, the older I get... I found that when you communicate with a person, either you're going to find out what the real issue is or you're going to find out there really wasn't an issue there. It was a misunderstanding. And it was really no big deal. Thomas Watson, a writer, says this. This is, this is really good. He said, it's as bad to believe a lie as it is to tell one. Wait a minute. That ain't all. It goes deeper. It's as bad to believe a lie as it is to tell one. And that is as bad to repeat it, and that it is as bad to repeat a lie as it is to invent one. Let me give it to you again. It's as bad to believe a lie as it is to, to tell one, and, that, and, and it is as bad to repeat a lie as it is to invent one. Wow. You well know the culture we live in right now, there is a great increase of... Uh, Accusing people without, without, you know, overwhel without any overwhelming evidence. And we, we, before evidence is even really there, people are being accused. People are being blamed. People are being, you know, all kinds of rumors are going on. What that does, that causes people, us as Christians and the world, it's just human nature. It causes us to magnify other people's failures 
rather than to even begin to see their strengths and virtues. But mercy that Jesus is talking about goes the other way and makes more of the strengths and virtues than it does the failures. Now, I cannot see my iPad this morning because the sun is in such a way cloudiness. And then the wind's fighting me with these notes. So I think I'm on page four and you might get page two. I don't know. A merciful person many times will close their eyes and their ears to whatever would diminish their view of somebody else and gives mercy, gives the benefit of the doubt, is even willing to go to the person. The fifth way to show mercy to somebody is having reasonable expectations of other people. Christians as well as other people, they are going to dis disappoint us and fail us at some point in life. I know I've failed Sylvia many times with expectations. I know for some of you, I probably have failed you many times in your expectations. We all fail to meet everybody's expectations, and we all will disappoint somebody at some point in life. But the Lord, the good thing and wonderful thing about the Lord, he remembers that we're dust, and when we remember our own imperfectness, humanness, that we're just dust, dirt, it should cause us to have mercy towards others who are also human. And sometimes even to ourselves when we're too hard on ourselves. Sometimes we're too hard on ourselves and we don't forgive ourselves as much as the Lord forgives us. So it's your spouse, your children, relatives, or work associates. Learn, don't be so surprised when they disappoint you and disappointments come into your life because of them. It gives you an opportunity to be merciful and explain and to share with them. We, we have to give grace to others and realize there are no perfect human beings or Christians in this world. There was only one. His name is Jesus Yeshua. And God help us to try to remember that if you were carrying your brother's or sister's burdens, would you do as well as they're doing with it? Put yourself in their place. Another way of opportunity to give mercy is when someone hurts or wrongs you. None of us escapes this. Joseph in Genesis is a wonderful, great example of being wronged by his family, his brothers, his father, his boss, the Pharaoh, and Potiphar, and then others, the guys in prison with him, the butler and the baker, they forgot about him. And when he helped them and, and helped them to have life and get out, they forgot about him. All of them, everybody in Joseph's life failed him at some point. They did him wrong. They hurt him. But listen to this. God orchestrated Joseph's life so that he would have opportunities either to get even with people or to forgive people. God will orchestrate your life where you have an opportunity either to get even, to pay back that person for the wrong they did to you, somebody done me wrong song, or God will give you the opportunity to forgive them and release them. You know, God wants us to forgive people so that we can be free. The person needs to be free, but so we can be free, so we can grow and develop in the Lord. That's how mercy works. If you've been wounded by someone, the opportunity usually will come around. At some point in your life, you'll, find, you'll see them, you'll hear about them, you'll bump into them in the aisle of the store. 
And everything in you wants to turn around and act like you didn't see them. They're invisible and hightail it to the next aisle or the back of the store or just plain leave. Sometimes you work in the same place they are and you do your best to avoid them. You know their habits when they go into the hall or whatever. You're doing your best to avoid them. God will work an opportunity and usually come around and put you in a position where you have the opportunity to either pay them back, revenge, or forgive and release them. Here's, here's the crux of it. In that moment of decision, it will reveal your real heart, your real spirit, your real character of Christ. Are you merciful or are you vengeful? David versus his opportunity to get revenge on King Saul in the cave. Saul chased him and chased him and chased him and threatened to kill him and set him up to kill him and take advantage of him, keep him from being the king of the throne. And just do them in. Just treat them bad. David and his men were hiding out in the cave. You know the story. It says very plainly, Saul the king came into the cave to relieve himself, had to use the restroom. And David snuck up on him. His men urged him, said, man, this is God. This is God. And I know we felt that way. Man, this is God. Get him back. God's given them into your hand. Get him back. And his men encouraged him to do that. And David listened to them, and he snuck up behind him, and he, he cut the fringe of the king's robe off and snuck back away. And then the Holy Spirit got a hold of David's heart and said, You cannot touch God's anointed. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. And, of course, David repented of that, and he even called out to King Saul after he left the cave and crossed the valley and said, I had you in my hand. In, in our vernacular, I had you in my hand. Look, I had you. I could have killed you, but God is merciful to you. God wants you and I to show mercy. The last way that you and I will have an opportunity to show mercy in a practical way is by presenting the gospel to somebody who's not a believer. I know there, there's people out there that are not believers. They look, they look just totally like they dropped off from another planet nowadays. I know that. They're scary. Some of them are scary. They're so tattooed up with evil tattoos. It's like, it just, it's so violent, so vile, so evil looking, so wicked. We just want to run away from them. They're scary. But I want to tell you, under that tattoo, under those marks and under that ink, is a soul, is a life, is a human being that Jesus Christ gave his life and shed his blood for. And they are just entitled to the mercy and the love of God as you are, as you are. And God wants us to reach out to them and find that opportunity, take and make that opportunity to speak to them. Jude 23, again, that one chapter book packs a real punch. Jude verse 23 said, save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, with reverence. I can just close this morning. This is a time we're living in. Forget COVID crisis. We're living in. Let's, I, to be honest with you, everything it sounds negative. I don't mean negative, but Jesus said this is just the beginning of sorrows, folks. We think, oh, for this to get over with and get back to normal, there's not going to be a normal anymore like you used to have normal. It's not. Yeah, you'll get to shop again. You'll get to go to the store again. And you'll get to do those kind of things again. But listen, we have entered. We've not entered into a day. We've not entered into a week or a month or years. We have entered into a new era. 
E-R-A, a new era of the, of the last days. And God is looking for you and I to show mercy, compassion, live a life, repent of our sins, never be perfect in this life, but we need to leave, live a life that is clean and pure before the Lord, undefiled, that loves Jesus, that we need to be, we're already cleansed by the blood, we've already talked about the righteousness of God, that you can't earn it or don't deserve it, it's a gift of God, we've talked about that, but yet he calls us to live a godly life in him. And the kingdom of God is mandating. The kingdom of God, do you hear me? The kingdom of God is mandating. You and I as God's people step up and step forward and live a godly life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Repent of our sins no matter how many times it takes to repent of our sins. Get, get delivered from the demons and the secret sins and the private sins that, are, that are, have us captive. Get free from that so when people look at our life, no, they're not going to see a perfect human being but they're going to be somebody who's walking in the grace, somebody who's walking in the mercy, somebody who's walking in the power of the Holy Spirit and is able to tell them how you can be set free, how you can know the love of the Lord, how you can have a place in eternity to be with the Lord forever and ever. Come on. That's the day. That's the time. This is it. The merciful heart cares and acts for the good of others who do not know the grace of God yet. And so all of these ways I've given you, and there are, there are probably many more, but these were seven practical ways. And you can get the notes online, or you can review this again, and you can jot them down and study them, memorize them, put them into practice is the main thing. Don't just be a hearer, but that we become a doer of the word. And I close with Jesus' words. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive or obtain mercy. You want mercy in your life? Be one who gives, who dispenses, who lives in mercy towards others. Remember from whence God saved you from. That ought to be a reminder. Remember, remember how dark it was when you were lost. Remember how far away from God and what you used to do. Paul said, remember this, but now we are not those people any longer. Now we are people that walk in light and redemption, but we need to walk in mercy and grace too. Which are you today? Those that walk in merciful, are you the merciful? Blessed are the merciful. And when you give mercy, you're going to obtain mercy. I want to pray over you. If you're a guest for the first time here this morning, you're on the lot with us. I want you to turn your emergency flashers on. I've already given a, a new packet. We have something new today. If you're a first-time guest today and you're on the parking lot, please turn your flashers on, your emergency flashers. Just leave them on. And in just a moment, not right now, but in just a moment, our ushers are going to come to you. And we have a special packet for you. Just a blessing for you. To you're online streaming today or if you're on the lot today. I want to ask you to go on the app or the website and there is a response uh, card there to fill it out with your name and as much information as you'll give us. We're not selling it. We're not going to abuse you. We're not going to chase you. We would just like a record that you're watching. You were with us today. And as you give us your information, we want to send you also this packet. It's a gift. It's a gift from the church to you and tell you how to connect with us. And there's some other things in there that we think will be a blessing to you. And so uh, 
if you, if you that are live streaming, if you'll fill out that form and submit it to us, we'll put yours in the mail, promise, this week. If you're here on the property, turn your flashers on. We want to put it in your hand this morning. As, they're, as you're doing that and they're trying to locate you, would you pray with me this morning? Father God, thank you that you are merciful. Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua, you are merciful. You showed it many, many times in having compassion on those in need, having compassion for outright rank sinners, people that were caught in the very act of sin. You didn't accuse them. As a matter of fact, you said, where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse or condemn you, but go and sin no more. And that's your message to us today because of your mercy. Go no more, but accept my love, the love of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit today. But, oh God, in all of these beatitudes of poor in spirit and mourning over our sins, and, and Lord, these beatitudes that Jesus gave us today, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And we want others to forgive us. And, Lord, we want to be able to forgive others. So, Lord, help us to remember where we came from, the grace that you have given us that would motivate, inspire us to give that mercy and grace to others, to have that long fuse of patience, grace, and mercy towards them. Lord, transform our hearts. And if somebody is listening today, Lord Jesus, that doesn't know you, that is bound by unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, woundedness in their heart, Lord, today... May they receive mercy from you. May they give, may they become willing to give mercy to the perpetrator that hurt, wounded, offended, violated them. God, give them a grace today from you that they would make a decision today to give mercy and grace to the one who's wronged them so that they can be free, so that they can experience your love, your forgiveness, your cleansing. Father, even the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, today, impart that gift, that grace of mercy into us. That, Lord, we can be a light. We can be a revelation. We can be that epistle that is known, seen, read by people, Lord, that are in this world. They're full of fear right now. They're scared. They're scared they're going to get sick. They're scared they're going to die. They're scared they're going to lose their job. The kids are scared. Children are scared. They're never going to see their friends again. They're never going to get back to school. God, there's just such a rampant fear running loose. And we come against that spirit of fear. And in the name of Jesus, that Lord, we're the answer. Jesus in us is the answer to the spirit of fear. Because you've given us peace, love, and a sound mind. And may we display that and walk in that, Lord. May we be, oh God, dispensers of that mercy, grace, and kindness, and tenderness, and peace, shalom of the Lord today. And all through this COVID-19, and Lord, even in days light lie ahead, we don't know what else is coming down the road. You do, we don't. But may we, may we be anchored in Jesus Christ today, God's love. So Lord, touch that one today that doesn't know you. Help them to come to know you. Touch and strengthen your people today, Lord. Listening live stream here in the parking lot, on the telephone. Lord Jesus, that watch later. We ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Do your work among us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
first thing, if you're a guest, if you if they have not served you yet, turn your emergency flashes on. Maybe even flash your lights from bright to normal. Give them a flash. Let them know. And then what we want to do next, too, when we dismiss, if you want prayer, you want to stay for prayer, our prayer teams will come. Again, at that time when some of the cars leave, if you'll turn your uh, flashers on then, somebody will come and pray for you and minister to you. I want to thank all those, again, that are making this happen, those on the lot, on the ground, ministering to you. They, they deserve a great thanks. We couldn't do it without them. I pray this over you from number six. May the Lord Adonai bless you and keep you, sustain you. And may the Adonai make his face to shine upon you and reveal to you his favor because he really loves you. And may Adonai lift up his face towards you and bless you with his peace, his shalom. I pray this over you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We just give a shout out today to Ray Council. God, strengthen Ray's body. Touch Ray and Terry. God, today, touch those that are homesick, Lord. We bless them today in the awesome name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen, amen. Come on, let's all together one more time give God a praise today. He's worthy of it all. ushers will serve you on the way out with your tithe your offering and again if you want prayer just stay turn your flashers on emergency flashers will come to you and pray for you we love you we'll be in touch with you this week daily through live stream want to thank all the pastors and other ministry leaders that are staying in touch with you with their broadcasts and uh wednesday night uh tell you what you know Wednesday night we're, we're not having nursery and we don't have children's ministry but Wednesday night if you're an adult and you're you're feeling we can open the doors to you Wednesday night so come on 715 we worship the Lord Pastor Rush said he's ready for his class I'm ready for mine in sanctuary so come on Wednesday night <laughs>